Hello, and welcome to episode number two of the Contrarian Marketing Podcast, where we give you ideas you might not be thinking about. Today, we're exploring whether smart devices will fundamentally change marketing or not. Smartphone usage is at an all-time high. Google and Amazon have developed visions for ambient computing, and leading tech companies are working on mass-market AR and VR devices. So the question is, will marketing change fundamentally as a result? or not. Today's episode is sponsored by ClearScope. ClearScope is the leading SEO content intelligence platform that helps thousands of content teams from businesses like Adobe, Shopify, Condé Nast, NVIDIA, Deloitte, Intuit, and HubSpot drive more search traffic. Check out clearscope.io and be on the lookout for a fantastic new content optimization feature that's currently in beta. And now onto the show. Kevin, it's great to be back here on our second episode of a Contrarian Marketing Podcast, where we give you ideas you might not be thinking about and take the opposite sides of what you might not be thinking about. Today, we decided we're going to explore the question of whether mobile devices or devices in general matter that much for marketing in the future. Again, today's podcast is sponsored by ClearScope. It's also week number two of Twitter chaos, and a lot of people have been avoiding Twitter chaos by doing some dinosaur called Mastodon. Are you on uh, are you on Mastodon? I am on Mastodon. Yeah. I'm I'm st- I'm on Twitter and both on Mastodon. Uh the reason is I want to I want to like try out Mastodon and I have to say I was a little disappointed so far. Uh had a couple of outages where the service was just simply not available and that could have different reasons. But on the other hand, it's kind of cool to talk to like a very small group of SEOs again. It has a feeling of like early Twitter. I actually think that Twitter is going to survive. And I also wonder, like, is, is Mastodon just going to become like a, a second Twitter? And uh, are people just going to use both? That's, that's kind of my take. Do you, are you on Mastodon? No, no, no. I'm still on Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's where the party's at. I, I'm, the I'm waiting for everyone to come back to Clubhouse. Like Clubhouse has been waiting for Twitter to just go away. And then everyone can remember <laughs> all those hours they wasted on Clubhouse and building up fans and followers. So uh, I think I'll wait. I got burned earlier this year. Or was it last year on Clubhouse? So uh, when everyone else is on Mastodon, I'll get on Mastodon. But in the meantime, I'm still on Twitter. And I think a lot of people are still on Twitter. But maybe we should talk about this a- another episode. But let's let's talk about mobile devices. Uh, what we're going to do, and this is the first week of us doing this, and for all the listeners that this is your first week listening, you haven't missed anything. We're going to discuss a topic, and Kevin and I are going to choose which side of the topic we want to take. And I'm sure half of you are going to agree with us and the other half are you going to disagree with us. So there's always someone to agree with here. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to flip a coin. If you Google flip a coin on Google, I don't know if Bing does it. <laughs> I don't know who uses Bing. But if you Google flip a coin, we there's a coin flipping tool there. Kevin's going to call heads or tails. And then Kevin gets to decide whether he wants to say that mobile devices and devices in general matter or not freestyle it from there on, on you know what the future is and then wrap up with a prediction. Hopefully, all of you listeners, you can weigh in on which of us is completely wrong and which of us is totally right. And at the end of the future, then we'll know who won. But let's go over and flip that coin. Coin flip. Not to be confused with Coinbase, where you can also flip a coin. I thought you'd do that on FTX. Yeah. Uh, just realized service is down. Site is down as of this morning. Man, am I happy that I don't have anything. No coins on FTX. Anyway, back to the actual coin. Uh, All right, Eli, let's flip this. Heads or tails? Tails. 
Eli's flipping the coin and it's tails and it's and, tails. And you, and you won. And I won. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to pick the counter sites. I'm going to say that um, device assistants are not going to fundamentally change marketing in the future. All right, great. I'm really happy that you picked the wrong side here. So, <laughs> 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 so would, you, would you mind explaining why after billions of dollars have been spent on device assistance in cars and homes and in the CIA and whoever else is listening to these things, why do you think this doesn't matter? Okay, look, look. So after after winning the, the coin flip in the first place, I'm also going to win this debate. Uh, and the reason is, if you look back at how devices that already have been popular change marketing, then not, there isn't really a big change. Let's look at one of the, the most popular devices of, of the last decades, which is clearly the iPhone, probably one of the most successful products out there, period. How has the iPhone really changed marketing? It has opened new channels to marketing, right? Like you can advertise on the app store uh, of, of Apple, but the, the fundamental way to do marketing, to get attention, to persuade customers has not really changed. There is There are native formats that are on smartphones now, right? Like So at the beginning, it was basically a computer. It was just a small computer in your pocket. That was a sales pitch. And then there, you, there, there were native formats that came out of that, like uh, native apps on the iPhone or uh, podcasts. But you, know, you could even say stories are a native smartphone format of content. But all these things work after the same fundamental marketing principles, which is about attention, desire, um, you know, product positioning, placement, getting people to buy and all that kind of good jazz. That's my core argument is that marketing is the same. The format changed. I got to disagree. I mean, everything about devices reduces friction to things that we can do to spend more money and pay attention to more marketing. Imagine a world where, yes, the internet was faster, but we didn't have mobile devices and you decide you want to buy something and you have to take out a notebook and write it down or write it on your hand. When I go home, I'm going to go to the website, amazon.com, and I'm going to buy it. But devices have removed that friction. Now you can just go buy it right away. Or you can take a picture of something. Or you go to Target and you take a picture of the barcode and decide to buy it straight from Amazon while you're in Target. I think that marketing means that now you can do all those messages. You can target someone, target someone, using Facebook that they're in, tar they're in Target and bring them over to your, your e-commerce store. So I think that the ability to know where people are to know what languages people are speaking, to follow them and know that at any point in time they can respond to marketing, to me, that's the biggest change. But I actually think that when we talk about removing friction and removing or actually creating abilities to do even more things, we have to think about what else phones can do and what else devices can do, which is you're talking about the general iPhone. I think the extra things it can do, like take a picture of something, use it to find that or um, voice. We got to get into voice. We got to talk about like the, you know, the, how voice is changing everything. Because I think, again, removing friction, making it easier to do stuff. That's why I think marketers have to think about how much more connected we are. What are, you, what are your thoughts on voice? Man, I'm on the completely opposite side. Uh, I, I don't, I think voice had its shots and I think that shot went nowhere. Uh, you know, if you remember when Comscore predicted that by 2020, 50% of all searches will come from voice devices. I am not so sure. Uh, you know, I, I think I remember like the, the last time that I heard a stat about voice was in 2018 and it was barely a bit more than 25% of, of, of mobile users using voice search. And so my, my stance here is that voice searches have a place. 
but they're all very simple prompts and questions, right? The prompts like call and Karen or navigate to Pizza Hut, right? Or how many cups are in a uh, in a pound or whatever, right? When you're cooking. So these are all very simple questions, very basic, simple prompts, but they're not really changes to how we do marketing. And, and these are all post-purchase prompts, right? So there's no kind of surface or marketplace where you can bid uh, or pay for appearing in any voice results, right? It's all basically, hey, I have this product or I have this need. I already know what I want. I'm not in the decision-making process anymore. I basically just want to get to a destination or exactly what I want. Just help me get there faster. So you're right in the point that there there is less friction, but you're wrong in the point that marketing has fundamentally changed or is very different. I think it's, I think these devices are just accelerants. Uh, Eli, what's your take? I think it's because you're an iPhone user. I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm an Android. I just got the, the Pixel 7. So I, I even got the newest phone. I think I got like eight Google Homes in my house. I do many of my searches with voice, either because I'm lazy or an earlier adopter, but either way, I do many of my searches with voice and they're pretty good. You know, Google's really good at that. And I love watching how Google transforms the strings. I think, again, we're talking about removing friction. The devices and cars. I, I don't know. We should do a survey on how many people are Googling while driving. Forget texting while driving, Googling while driving. And you can Google while driving if you're doing it with voice. And I think it, it voice is just making it so much easier. And the fascinating thing is how good it is. You know, Google can really understand things. The other night, my kids were playing this game. So I've had four kids and a two-year-old. So it was uh, yelling at the Google home while the other kids were listening to music. He's yelling from the other room, stop. And then the Google would stop and he would change the playlist you know, the kids are listening to like their music and he's like, play happy birthday. And they would play happy birthday. It's really good. And I, I think, again, younger people, I see them do voice notes on texting apps. They're going, there's more voice happening. And I think the technology that enables that is removing friction. It changes the way marketers need to approach things from an SEO standpoint. The fact that Google or Bing or whatever device you're using to understand voice can put together all those words as strings and figure out what you're looking for. Yes, they have not monetized yet. It's going to be very hard to monetize voice. <laughs> Imagine so you do a search for something. It's like, hold on a moment. This uh, search is sp sponsored by someone. <laughs> or or here's, the, here's the paid result. Would you like the paid result? Or the organic one. So we're not there yet. But I, I think marketers need to realize that this is, this is the way people are searching, doing stuff, not just searching. I think the, the 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 quality of that experience will depend on the quality of the technology. When I, when I look back at the last ten years or maybe you know eight years, I think the the quality just wasn't there yet, right? The, you still had to engineer prompts in the back end if you wanted to provide skills on on Amazon Alexa or or allow your users your app users to to use voice in a certain way to command your app. I'm gonna throw you a bone, okay? I'm gonna say that. Um, one cool experience that I had with voice is that my, I have an Alexa here, right? So, so use, use Android. Uh, sorry, sorry to tell you that there are now more uh, Apple iPhone users and Android users. Um, <laughs> and you use Google Home. I use uh, Amazon Alexa. And one cool thing, okay, that popped up that I'm going to give you is that Amazon Alexa started to ask me uh, about if I wanted to uh, reorder a product that I've constantly been ordering every month. So Amazon actually went back into my order history and saw, hey, every month Kevin Kevin is ordering protein powder. Uh, and then Alexa all of a sudden is like, hey, Kevin, why don't you order another uh, type of protein powder? And I was like, okay, that actually makes sense. And you know what? I did it. I said yes. However, my comeback here would be that 
it, it doesn't it doesn't tell me, hey Kevin, why didn't you order a different brand of protein powder or this other brand is on sale right now? And I think the reason is that voice adaption just isn't yet where we thought it was going to be. I think it's still much, much below expectations, which is why Google and Amazon and Meta haven't really made an effort to monetize voice search or to like to like open a marketplace here and a new um, chance for advertisers. I would even say that advertise that devices have been disruptive to marketing. So this is my contrarian view of the day. And I'm going to tell you why. If you think about the, the biggest thing uh, that happened maybe in the last um, you know, 12, 24 months in marketing, it is Apple tracking transparency, right? Uh, Meta, yeah. Snapchat, YouTube losing billions of dollars because Apple now asks iPhone users if they want to be tracked when installing an app. That in return takes away a lot of tracking capability from advertisers. And that is a net negative, right? Before we we're able to, to target and, 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 and speak to customers much more efficiently, now advertising prices are actually going up because tracking has gotten worse. And the reason is that Apple has decided that privacy is more important. I also you know, uh, don't think that's, that's kind of the, the main thing here. It's like a, it's like a nice trauma argument. But that is actually a case where device have, devices have made marketing harder. What's your comeback? Oh, I got even more contrarian opinion on that one. According to something I Googled, 25% of US households have an Alexa device. That's incredible. And one of the things you can do with your Echo device and your Alexa device is you could order stuff, but you know what else you can do? You can search. I think this is, could be that Trojan horse to Amazon taking on Google search. Now, are we all going to be doing searches on Amazon anytime soon? No. But when you think of who Google's competitors are in search, and last week we talked a little about TikTok, but I think Amazon. Amazon could be a formidable competitor. Doing search, okay search, not great search, is not that hard for Amazon to do. And when you're doing searches on information, Amazon could also start organizing the web. And when you organize the web and Amazon becomes your default search engine, they could sell those ads on it. So I think marketers aren't paying attention that Amazon is now competing with Google on finding information, providing information that is something you absolutely have to keep in mind. You have to keep that in mind. And I would, you know, and, and by the way, I think actually Google has formidable uh, voice search capabilities uh, in some areas. It's just not, it's, it's just, you know, like like riffing off of what already worked for marketing in the past. You know, like how does the landscape change when cars become smarter, when uh, Meta and Apple eventually launch their VR class? I mean, sure, not Meta has Oculus out. Yeah, we're going to give up on Meta. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, save the, we'll save the Metaverse for a future uh, episode here. <laughs> we'll save it for uh, Amazon. They'll, they'll do Metaverse before Meta does that. <laughs> It's likely. It's likely, right? And so I think Amazon has a shot with Alexa. I think Google has a really good shot. However, when we look at the market distribution, I think Amazon is in way more households than uh, than Google here. So I think that's a that's a pro to your argument that that Amazon is actually in really good um, uh, position to compete with uh, Google. And at the same time, I wonder what does the next generation of devices look like. So maybe maybe we wrap up our arguments here, jump into the next part of the show. But just to like restate our arguments, um, I think that devices don't make a big difference. I think that the basic marketing rules still apply and, and maybe devices take away some friction. But at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, how to get attention from customers and, and monetize that, that attention. Uh, Eli, what's the summary of your arguments? So we, I just want to make sure we, we don't allow you to leave everyone with that opinion on Amazon being more households. 
Amazon devices might be more households than Google devices, but Google phones are more households than Amazon devices. So mm-hmm. Google can figure out to get more people doing those voice searches and lens. I love using lens. If they can get them using more of those, that image search on the phones, then they've beaten it. But I love that you're pointing out that Amazon devices are more households than Google devices if we're not including phones, because that's an opportunity. Now we have like this level playing field where it could be either. It may be Amazon tries another attempt at a phone. Probably not. But I think marketing has changed. I think that these devices are absolutely going to change You know the way people access information, the way people look for things. I mean, look how many people do those voice notes. I hate the voice notes on texting apps, but if we, when you're doing voice and someone says, well, just, uh, I don't I can't listen right now. Well, then you're going to use voice and you're going to write it out. I've, I've met people that wrote books by just speaking to Google docs. The, the voice to text technology has gotten so good that I think marketers ignore this at their peril. I could wait until I can write my whole newsletter with just a voice prompt. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. But if I think about, you know, like what marketers do differently in the next 12 months, my stance, my opinion here is nothing. I think marketers still think about the basic uh, foundations of marketing. You know, they, they just have a different format in front of them. And the only thing that they should keep in mind is how do, how do new formats come up and how are they driven by new devices, right? Like similar to how maybe the Apple AirPods have enabled the way for a podcast, but now you, because now you don't need to use your hands anymore. You can just listen to podcasts while you do other things or how smartphones have opened the way to stories on uh, Instagram Reels and, and Snapchat, right? And TikTok, the format might change, but the basic way to get attention and entertain people and speak to them and nurture them along their journeys, that is staying the same. And, and your uh, point, Eli, I think is a different one about the next 12 months. I, I just think that voice allows people to be more almost human. So instead of you think back in the early days of the internet, the way you access things on AOL, you had a single keyword. I don't know if you remember those days where like you, one company is like, just Google love on, on AOL, oh, not Google, AOL love on AOL or AOL cars on AOL. And like one site owned it. And then we moved to this like head keyword state where you know, you want to rank on a keyword, or you want to bid on that keyword. And, and I think voice is going to take us to the point where someone's like, I really want to do this very, very specific thing. I want to change this part on my car or you're doing, again, we're not too much focus just on voice, but you're doing a search with an image. I'm taking a picture of this screw and I need to find that exact screw in a hardware store near me. Or I, the leg of my chair broke and I need to find just that leg. Like those things are so specific. And I think if you're selling that, You now have an opportunity to, again, make your images visible, make your audio accessible, all of that. I think it changes the way, again, I, I don't know where this could go, but the technology is very interesting that you now have more ways of accessing customers and you have to pay attention to these things and not just continue to think in a 2022 mindset. So with that, I, I think we have very clear defined opinions and I, I think our listeners can decide which side they want to be on. Do they want to be like Kevin and be a dinosaur Or do they want to be like Eli and future looking and, you know, acknowledge the realities of, of technology. But let's, uh, weigh in on the comments, weigh in on the comments on LinkedIn and, and, um, what do you call that dinosaur Mastodon? And, uh, we, you know, check out our clubhouse discussions. On this. Well, let's, let's talk about some resources, you know, that, that we looked at and thought about as, as we prepared the show. So what, what would you recommend someone check out? Yes, uh, my resource of the week is Tony Fidel's book, uh, Built. 
Tony Fidel, for those who don't know, played a critical role at Apple in developing products like uh, the iPhone and the iPad and others. Then he went on to, to start Nest, then did a whole bunch of other crazy innovative stuff. And, uh, you know, in, in my mind, uh, this book just summarizes really well how to build new innovative products while still, you know, building on, on the foundations and the fundamentals that have been established for a long, long time. Eli, what's yours? That's awesome. I want to check out that book. So mine is a book called Amazon Unbound. Ten years ago, an author named Brad Stone is a Bloomberg journalist. He wrote a book about Amazon. And it was one of the, the first books where anybody had written about Amazon from the inside. He was invited in and he sat with Bezos and he watched the company. And he thought the story was done. And he wrote the updated version 10 years later that includes like everything Amazon has done since then and how they became the big one of the biggest companies in the world and Bezos' divorce and, and Blue Origin and all that. The reason I, I love that book and I just finished it, it talks about how obsessed Bezos was with Alexa and how when they came up with this idea, it made no sense. Like there was none of this existed. The idea of understanding human speech to find stuff and do stuff, it, it, they'd never done it. The understanding and speaking back to users and having that conversation. But this was this is Bezos' idea. And the book is so thorough that the author went and found the voice of Alexa which is something that Amazon never released before. And he did his research. Yeah, I would love to be a writer like that. They could you know, put that much work in. He, he devoted one entire paragraph to her and that's it. Someone in North Carolina, but that is a lot of work to find that, that voice. So check out the book. It's called Amazon Unbound and we'll drop it in the show notes, drop both these books in the show notes. The question is, did he did he find that woman through voice search or through Google search? Uh, I'll leave that up to the reader to imagine. <laughs> Another uh, quick quick plug for a great book about Amazon is Working Backwards by Colin Breyer and Bill Carr. Uh, it's much more about how to work at Amazon. Uh, just finished it, learned a ton. Uh, strong recommendations. We're also going to have that in the show notes. And Eli, why don't we wrap it up with some predictions? Uh, what do you think is going to be the next big thing like the, the next iphone the next big device what's your take so it's not an iphone see you're, you're, you're focused on the iphone ecosystem i think it's going to be some sort of home device that's better at doing what the existing home devices were i think that uh meta was onto something with portal where you want to have a device that actually corresponds with people but i don't think they had the right platform for it my kids use google home to call me you know they could go to talk to Google and say, call dad. And it uses the internet to call me. I think there are more devices like that. I think that the Google home is pretty useless right now. It's a, it's, you know, a screen that you can Google stuff with, but doesn't have a keyboard. I think we'll, maybe we'll get one with a camera, maybe one that's like, it, it does more tablet kind of stuff, but I think we have one in the future. What's yours? Um, so my, my take is that it might not be a single device after all, I think it's much more the combination and connection of different devices. Uh, and that goes back to this vision of ambient computing that Google has and has been pretty loud about. Uh, Amazon has a, has a very similar vision, but the company that actually does it the best so far is Apple in my mind, right? Uh, and uh, the reason I'm saying that is because everything in the Apple ecosystem works flawlessly with each other, right? You can write text from everywhere. You can connect devices. You can now also move windows from one, one device to the next one without any, you know, without, without any friction. And so I think the, the next big thing is going to be all these ecosystems where devices work flawlessly together, where you have a seamless experience no matter where you are, and where these devices also understand the situation you're currently in. 
For example, are you at home? Are you in a car? Are you on your way to work? And they will understand what your behaviors are in these different locations and situations and then make the experience even better. So my, my kind of maybe contrarian stance of, of the, you know, about, about this question and prediction is actually that it's not going to be a single device. It's more going to be ecosystems that, that are going to be the next big thing. Love it. You know, we didn't even talk about watches. We'll have to save that for another episode. There you go. Cool. Eli, I think this is a wrap. This is good. All right. Kevin is great. Everyone uh, subscribe. Give us feedback. This is episode number two of the Contrarian Marketing Podcast. And now it's your turn. Head over to contrarianmarketingpodcast.com and subscribe to the free weekly newsletter to get a summary of today's episode, key takeaways, and community content. And while you're there, go to today's episode and leave your opinion in the comments. We'll feature the best thoughts in the newsletter and on the podcast. Also, if you like today's episode, please feel free to leave five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks so much for tuning in and here next week.